Okay. So first of all, Shkoyach to Zuchayim Birnbaum. That's Zuchayim Birnbaum for sponsoring the breakfast this morning. Learning, it should be a zechet, it should be a schus for him, for his mishpacha, for Okila, all of Klai Yisrael. Okay, so um, this is a shtickle, I guess, I, I wasn't planning on doing a part two from last week, but, you know, again, another Yashukayach to... Uh, to uh, Avram Chaim Noble for the, the Sefer MS Yaakov. I, on Shabbos, he gave me the Chelek Beis. So once I got a Chelek Beis, so you have to do a part two based on it. So, uh, to him. So, this will be, again, on, to a certain degree, it's part two, but it's also, it also can be understood on its own. But just to give a little bit of a, of a, a reference, you know, sort of a framing um, based on last week. So, last week, what we started, what we, what we learned about was. It's sort of a in, in a general sense, the different types of, of leadership, of, of Jewish leadership that we have according to Tyra. And basically what we spoke about last week was three different, I guess, categories, three different uh, types of, of, of leadership. You have a melech, a king, who is primarily, again, for lack of a better term, more of a, a leader in terms of national, political, so, economical, military. Again, for lack of a better word, we'll just call it a political leader. That's what we'll call it. That's a melech. Not necessarily is the melech uh, a leader in terms of Torah. He could also be, but, in term, but the job of melech is, is a, a political leader. And then what, you also, what we had, at the, you know, countering that, what you had also was, uh, based on the chinuch, the, well, I guess for lack of a better term, the gadol hadar. The Galadar is uh, even if without a Sanhedrin, but uh, the Galadar is the is the the person that that is the Torah authority, the Torah leadership, and like the Chinuch said that that even without a Sanhedrin, whoever this Galadar is, by way of uh, there's no voting for it or anything like that, but just sort of this uh, subconscious or superconscious consensus of Klal who the Galadar is, such a person has to be followed in terms of Torah uh, Torah decisions and so on. And then we had this other sort of middle hybrid, or whatever you want to call it, called the Nasi. Nasi slash Rish Galusa. And what we also mentioned is that historically, this position of Nasi slash Rish Galusa was also the position of the Shaiftim, which, which, you know, that came before the times of the kings, from the death of Yeshua Benun all the way till, uh, till, uh, till the times of uh, Shaul Melech, with Shmuel Hanavi. Anoint Sholomelech, that was a time where the leadership was under the, you know, where, where we were led by Shaift and by judges. The, the, the term Shaifit is synonymous, sort of in terms of uh, job description, is synonymous with what you'll have later on in Jewish history after the end of Malchus, after the end of the kings, where you have a position of Nasi slash Reish Galusa. And so what was that position? So that's what, we, that's what we were trying to sort of like figure out a little bit last week, that that's a position that's a little bit of like a hybrid. The, the person, the Nasi or the Reish Galusa, or again, going back earlier in Jewish history, the Shaifit, they were people that they were the Gedolei Hadar. They were the leaders, they were the Torah leaders of the generation, but they also had political leadership. And the power that they wielded was similar to that of a king, although with certain differences, they weren't, uh, it wasn't, uh, you know, the power was not as intense, it wasn't as intense as the Melech, and certainly as we saw, it didn't go down Birusha with an inheritance like you had with the Melech, but there was some sort of you know, political power that the Nasi wielded, that the Reish Galusa wielded in Chutzlaritz, or again, going back in the early times, the Shaifid wielded. And so this is what we were, we were 
sort of a little bit struggling with last week to figure out exactly <coughs> what, what, is the, what is this position, how to identify it. Again, on the one hand, they were the Gedoli Hadar, but they also had some level of Malchus to them. Albeit, again, not, they were not the king, they, was no, they, they weren't kings, and they didn't pass down the Malchus Birusha. So that's what we were talking about last week. So last week you saw from Yaakov Kamineski that, that these people were primarily the Gedoli Hadar, but, and the quality of Malchus that they had was not their own. It was rather they were shluchim of their banishlam to allow Hashem's Malchus to come into the world. Okay, that's what we spoke about last week. Now, this week what I want, we're, we're going to sort of go into more, uh, maybe a little bit of a deeper understanding of what this hybrid position is. Nasi slash Reish And again, like I said, in early generations, the Shaifet. Again, because Melech versus Gadol Hadar, that's very binary and very clear. You have, again, the Melech is the political leader, and the Gadol Hadar is the, is the Torah leader. This, again, this somewhere in between, the Shaifit position, or Nasi slash Rishkalusa, who is the Gadol Hadar, and also for, for all intents and purposes, also the king. So it's a little bit of a funny thing, how do we figure it out? So that's what we're going to see, we're going to see today. It's based on other Tyrus from Ryaku Kamineski, again, in this uh, new Sefer. I'm a, I don't have any, uh, I feel like I'm like promoting it. Like, it's a good thing to promote. It's a good thing to happens to be. But uh, I have no skin in the game, per se, but uh, it's a good Sefer to learn. Anyway, so this is going to be a lot based on uh, uh, Viter, places in Emes Yaakov that he talks about this, this Sogi. But we'll, 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 we'll break it down. What we're going to be focused on, though, is the position of Shaifit. Again, like, like I said, the position of Shaifit that predates kings is similar to what you find post-dating the kings of Nasi slash Reish Galusa. But again, we're going to focus on, the, on what the Shaifit was that came before the kings. That'll be the same, the same Indian as, as what came after the kings. Okay, so we'll break it down like this. Political rule. <coughs> huh? Political, de facto political rule. Well, again, like, we're going to have to figure that out. They were the Gedele Hadar. They were the leaders of the generation. Uh-huh. And they also were the political leaders... And, but again, usually when it comes to political leaders like a king, it goes down Birusha, the Shaiftim. It did not go down Birusha. So that's what we have to figure out. Okay, so Maramukha number one. So this is a, uh, this is a Pirish from the Machzervitri. The Machzervitri is one of the, the Talmud of Rashi, from the base Medish of Rashi. And so the Machzervitri, that Sefer is a Pirish on, on many things. So he has a Pirish on Pirkei So the first mission of Pirkei as we know, so what does it say? Maisha Kibotar Misinai, right? So the mission over there is talking about the, the tradition of Torah leadership. That's what it's talking about. So you have Maisha Kibotar Misinai. He gives over Torah, Torah leadership to Yeshua Benun. Yeshua gives it to the Zakanim, and the Zakanim give it to the Nevi'im. Okay? And the Nevi'im carry the torch of Torah leadership all the way till the end of, uh, of the first base of Migdash. When the Nevuah ends, and then the Neviim give it to the Anshik Nesagdoila, and so on and so forth. So, what the Machzivitri is trying to identify, who are these Akanim? Who are these Akanim? And in what way are they different than Neviim? We had Neviim from the times of Meshar Abenim. So, like, all of a sudden, like, the, 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 the job of Navi, the role, the position, the authority of the Navi only comes after Zakanim. I was right, so you have Meshar, Yeshua, fine, so far, so good. Then Zakanim, and Zakanim to Neviim. What do you mean? It's not like not like Navu only started after some time. Navu was going on the whole time. So who are these Zakanim, and why are why is it that during the times of the Zakanim, the Nevi'im are not uh, spoken of, and only after the end of Zakanim, whatever that is, now you have Nevi'im. Well, how do we understand this? Who are these people, and, and how was the tradition passed? So take a look at Machzavitchi. So this is where we're going to begin. So Machzavitchi says like this: Yeshua the Zakanim, Yeshua gives Torah leadership over to the Zakanim. So says the Machzavitchi, Adei Yeshua nims for the Zakanim, 
through Yeshua, the Torah was given over, leadership was given over to the Zakanim. Hema Shaiftim. The Zakanim over here in the Mishnah is referenced, it means the Shaiftim <coughs> that we had from the times of uh, the end of Yeshua Benun's life until, until Malchus, until the kings. Sha'am de Yisrael, the Shaiftim that, that uh, came by the Jew, that, that, that stood up by the Jewish people. Until Shalom Melch became king. The Kariyosim Zakanim. And the reason why they're called Zakanim is Shakain Derach Limnai Zakanim Alatzibur because the Zakain, you know, that's, that's the sage, the person that's supposed to be in charge of the community. So they were called the Zakanim. Now, so what, what, what the Machzavitri is telling us is an interesting thing, which is that, again, so Torah leadership goes from, again, Moshe to Yeshua to the Shaiftim. And from the Shaiftim, Torah leadership goes to the Nevi'im. Now, this is where we have to figure out what, what exactly is this transition from Shaiftim to Nevi'im. There were Nevi'im during the times of the Shaiftim too. So what's going on over here? So, so we'll see like this. So in Maramukah number two, there's a Pasuk in Sefer Shmuel. It's a, it's a fascinating story. The Pasuk is talking about when Shol HaMelech is going to be anointed as a king. He doesn't know it yet. But uh, there's a whole mice over there that his father, Shol HaMelech's father, had a bunch of uh, donkeys and what do you call it, a flock? I don't know what you call it, a group of donkeys. They, uh, they got lost. And so he sends Shol, his son, with one of his helpers to go find the Asinus, to find the donkeys. So the Pasuk says that they, pa- they were passing by a particular place, and, and in this place happens to be Shmuel Anavi was there. Shmuel Anavi was there. So the Gabai of Shol says to him, the, work, the helper, says to him, no, there's a Roya, there's a, there's a, a seer in this place. No, there's a Navi, there's a Navi in this city. There's a, he calls him a Roya, a seer. Let's go ask the Roya where the donkeys are, and I'll, and I'll help us out. And uh, that's, that was clearly a thing that to do, to go to the Navi and ask him your personal questions, even Akadekach, to talk about the donkeys. And so that's the whole mice of the ego. He goes there and, Shul, and Shmuel sees Shol and realizes, oh, this is going to be the future king. And uh, history unfolds. But that was the moment of when, of when, when the meeting between Shol and Shmuel is regarding the Senyan. So the Pasuk over there, again, when the, when the, when the Gabe tells Shol Hamela, Shol, who's going to be the king, let's go see the Navi. He doesn't call him the Navi. What does he call him? He calls him the Raya. The seer. So the, the Pusik in Sefer Shmuel sort of interjects in the story to give a little bit of a historical background on the title that we give to people that are prophets. So it's an interesting thing. It says a Pusik like this, Maramukh number two, Lefnimbi Yisrael, the Pusik says, why the helper of Shol called Shmuel, not the Navi, but he called Shmuel the seer. Lefnimbi Yisrael, because in earlier times, says the Pusik, Anyone that wanted to go seek out Hashem, in to, to, to go to a prophet, they would say the following thing, Let's go see the seer. Now it says the Pasuk, in earlier times, a prophet was called the one that sees. What we call today a Novi used to be called a Raya. That's the Pasuk. Now, obviously, you know, the, the Mepharshim deal with this. Well, it's, it's a very funny thing for the Pasuk to interject with this little bit of a historical tidbit. But by the way, he's being called a Raya. That's what they used to call him. Nowadays, we call him a Navi. First of all, what's the difference between a Raya and a Navi? Why all of a sudden is this a necessary thing to know right now in this story? Okay, so Maramaka number three of Yaakov Kamenetsky explains the, the, the context of what's going on over here. And, uh, so it's like this. <clears throat> Again, so he said like this. The, the Shaiftim, Matsuvitri explained to us, that Torah leadership was by Moshe to Yeshua and then to the Shaiftim, and from the Shaiftim to the Nevi'im. Okay, so Rabbi Yaakov Kamenetsky explains like this. This is again on Sefer Shmuel in that Pasuk. 
When, after he says what he says, it's it's it's, it, it's clear in Navi that this is how it is, but he just he lays it out very nicely. The Shaiftim, the that during the times of Shaiftim, after Yeshua Benun, they were responsible for two things. They had two jobs. They had the responsibility of leading the Jewish people in terms of of uh, political authority. Okay, and also to be the 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 Torah authorities to to pass down the torch of Torah from one generation to the next. In other words, the Shaiftim had these had these dual roles. That's what we said. That's what we already saw last week. That the Shaiftim, these two roles, they were the the Gedolei Hadar in terms of Torah, and that's what was their responsibility. That's what the Mishnah is, is telling us. Moshe to Yeshua to the Zakanim. That's that Mishnah is talking about the Messiah, the tradition of Torah, and so the Shaiftim had that responsibility of passing Torah from one generation to the next. And says and said Rabbi Yaakov, they also they also had the responsibility of what of being the political leaders of the generation. And Rabbi Yaakov goes on to say again, it's other places where he talks about this in more greater detail. But he says that the what was unique to the Shoftim is is that their authority in terms of political leadership was 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 sort of part was was swallowed up under their primary position, which is passing over Torah from one generation to the next. In other words, their primary job and role was Maisha, Yeshua, Yeshua is the Canaan. They were the Gedali Hadar, they were the leaders of Torah, and that was their primary function. The, lead, the political leadership of the Jewish people, the national, uh, you know, anything that's on, you know, a national concern for the Jewish people was a subset was nichlal and, uh, and, and contained within that general position of Torah leadership. The Torah leadership at that day, at that time of the Shaiftim, contained within it <coughs> the political leadership as well. And so the primary thing was that they were the Messiah at Torah, but it contained within that also was the Hanhogas Ha'uma, leading the Jewish people politically. So he says like this, K'chul yuz b'sharsheres ha-Messaira, hem yuchlu b'yichol l'kari nevi'im, so he says like this. Says Rabbi Yaakov Kamenetsky, I'll tell you outside and then we'll see it inside together. Says Rabbi Yaakov like this. During the times of the Shaiftim, whenever there was a, a, a question of, 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 of Ratzon Hashem, of, a, a Torah type of question that was on a national stage, you would go to the Shaifet. That's who you would go to. And if you had questions about uh, anything militarily or political or anything like that, also you'd go to the Shaifet. Again, the, the seat of authority was by the Shaifet, and the function of the Shaifet primarily was the Torah authority and Lu'umius, uh, national uh, political concerns, were Nichlal in that, they were a part of that. Now, says Rabbi Yaakov Kamenetsky as follows <clears throat> What was the role of the Navi during that time? So it says Rabbi Yaakov, because Rabbi Yaakov says, whenever, what, was, what, was, what was the Navi? Because any concern that you had, any question that you had in terms of Das Torah, in terms of understanding what does the Rabbanu Shalom want, what does is, what, what is Torah demand of us on a national stage, you wouldn't be going to the Navi, you'd be going to the Shaifet. So the entire function of a Navi at that time were to be, was, was the person that you would go to with individual questions, personal questions. Your personal avoida whether it be your personal ruchnias or your personal gashmias, that w- that's when you would go, you wouldn't have access to the shaifid for those types of questions. Personal questions in terms of Torah, and in terms of Oydis Hashem, you would go to the Navi. But in terms of national questions of Torah and Avoida, you would go to the shaifid. 
So says says Rabbi Yaakov Hanes like this: the term navi is a word that ha- that 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 connotes that gives off the impression of someone transmitting something from the past to the future. Linave means like a pipeline. So the word navi says Rabbi Yaakov Kaneski was not appropriate to be used for a prophet during the times of the Shoftim. Because the word Navi means someone who has the responsibility of passing th- something over from one generation to the next. And it was passing the torch of Tyre. That was not the Navi's job. That was the Shaifet. Now, it could be that a Shaifet was also a Navi. But the title of Navi was not appropriate just to give someone who happens to be a prophet. That, the word Navi means the one that's responsible to, tra- to transmit something from the past to the future, to keep the, tar, the torch of Torah passing from one generation to the next. That was the Shaifet. So what was the Navi about? Who, the prophet, what was his function in Kali Yisrael? His function was on personal inyanim. Personal inyanim of individual citizens in their Ruchnias or their Gashmias, that's where a prophet came from. That's the term Roya. So the term Roya means, a term, what's the difference between a Navi versus a Roya? They could be the same person. A Navi would be a title given to someone whose responsibility as a prophet is to, is to be part of the Messiah transmitting Torah from one generation to the next. Whereas a Roya would be a term more appropriate to be given to someone who's a prophet whose primary job is helping individual Yidin in their Inyanam. So says the Pasuk like this, Lifnim Yisrael before the times of kings, there was no person given the title of Navi because who was the one responsible to transmit Tyre from one generation to the next? It was the Shaifet. That's what the Shaifet was. And that was his primary job. His role as a political leader was part of that. There was no such thing at that time of the Shaiftim as a divide between the Tyra leadership and political leadership. All there was was Tyra leadership. And Nichlal in Tyra leadership is also political leadership. It's all a question of what the Tyra wants of us. That was the, that's all the, always the question. So whether to go to war, whether to levy taxes, all these questions that nowadays we think of as a separate category, as a political issue, as opposed to a Tyra issue, by the times of the Shaiftim was always Tyra issues. And so the person that's primarily in charge of making sure the Tyra continues on and is the pillar and the, and, and the chain and the link of Messiah, which, who is the Shaifet, he was the one that you would go to for all those questions as well. Baruch Nisubagashmi, as it was all the same in, it was all Tyra. What was the, and so he, maybe he was a prophet, maybe he wasn't a prophet. What was the role of the prophets at that time? They were left to deal with the individual in Yonah. That's why they were given the title Raya. But that's what the, Pasuk, what the Pasuk is describing over here is that once you move into the era of Malchus, into the era of kings, then now the job of the Shaifet is split in two. The political side of who the Shaifet was and the Torah side of who the Shaifet was are now divided into two people. The political side of who the Shaifet was is now an independent body that's called the Melech. And the Torah leadership of who the Shaifet was, is now given to the Navi. And so now what you had, so now what you had until now is, again, until the times of Melech, all there was fundamentally was Torah leadership. There was Maisha, there was Yeshua, and the Shaiftim. Nichlal, subsumed in Torah leadership, was also political leadership. Because political leadership and the, 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 the nation of the Jewish people we, we were not seen, that was not seen as an independent Indian. That was just another sugya in Torah. And the one that's in charge of Torah is in charge of that too. And that, that was the shaifet. I, what were the Nevi'im doing? Okay, the Nevi'im were dealing with individual inyanim, individual, personal, private inyanim, ruchnis and gashmis. The transition from shaiftim to the next era was the following, that now 
the political leadership of the nation is now taken out of that body that's called the leadership of Torah, and it becomes something independent. And now you have two people leading the Jewish people in these two areas. You have the political leadership being isolated to the king, and now you have the Torah leadership being isolated to the Navi. And this is what the Mishnah is telling us in, in, in Perky Avis, that as far as Torah leadership is concerned, Moshe, Yeshua, Shaiftim, but then after Shaiftim, where, where now, you have, now you have the Tkuf of Melech, of the kings, now Torah leadership is not in the same place as political leadership. Political leadership is by the king. Torah leadership goes from Zekainim to Nevi'im. And this is what the Pasuk is saying, is that Dafka at this moment, when, when Shoal was about to meet Shmuel, which is the beginning of the time period of Malchus, of kings, this is where the Pasuk is pointing this, making this point, is that until this, until this time, a prophet was called a Raya. But going forward, a prophet is going to be called a Navi. Because now what's happening is, once Shoal is established as a king, it means that that original position of Shoifet, which was until now dealing with all those things, was dealing with Tyra and politics at the same time, and all that was left to the Nevi'im, all that was left to the prophets was just to deal with individual people. Now, the, the Melech is going to take the, the political side, and the Tyra side is going to be given to the Navi. And this is where you have now in the times of the Nevi'im, these two leaders and always uh, uh, balancing and uh, checks and balances, balances with each other, which is the Melech for political inyanim and the Navi for Torah inyanim. And this is what's going on. So this is where we're, we'll, we'll see it together inside. Um, here, take a look at, Mar, at, at the th- three lines into Maramukah number three. Haroya le'umazais. The term Roya, said Rabbi Yaakov, is Haya Adam Prati, Balskul and Avias. The word Roya is a description of someone who is an individual person who's not a national figure. He's not responsible for anything on a national stage. He's an individual person with individual, you know, private powers of prophecy. And and through this power of Nevoah that he had as an individual person, he would guide the people, dealing with individual citizens, individual problems. Dealing with individual people. Whether dealing with uh, spiritual matters. And all the way down to an issue of where the donkeys are. So that's where you would go for your private inyanim. Bram. But again, when it comes to inyanim, questions of Klal Yisrael, both in terms of Taira, primarily, and also in terms of political inyanim, then that was the, that's where those questions would be left at the doorstep of the shayfet. Now again, even if, even if the shayfet was a navi, he wasn't functioning as the navi. But as the shayfet, that was his job. Once the period of shayftim ends, now you have what the shayfet was taking care of everything, now it's divided up between two other people. But malachim so now you have kings. The king now dealt with 50% of the, of the issues. He was dealing with the political side. He wasn't the Rebbe. He wasn't the, 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 the Moira. He wasn't the teacher of the people in terms of Torah. And the Navi, who until now was 
left to deal with individual in Yonim, now he became the leader of the Jewish people in terms of Ruchnis. Which was originally the main priority of the Shaifet. So in other words, says Rabbi Yaakov, the job that the Shaifet until now took care of, is now divided amongst two people, between the Melech and the Navi. And that's what's going on. And now, and doesn't mean that even going forward, the Navi, who is now given the, the, the national role of transmitting tar from generation to generation, could still deal with individual private in Yonim. It doesn't mean that he, he's not allowed to deal with that anymore. But that's, not, that's no longer his primary job. Now he's called the Navi, someone that's responsible to transmit tar from generation to generation. Now, it's interesting. Based on this, Rabbi Yaakov makes another, a number of interesting observations throughout Novi. And he say, in Maramukha number four, Rabbi Yaakov points out as follows, is that once we have this better definition and better role and better identification of what the job of a Novi was, that the Novi wasn't just a prophet that happens to know the future and it could help you out. That was the job of the Navi during the times of the Shoftim. That's all he needed to be. Someone that you would go with your personal inyanim. All of a sudden, during the times of the kings, though, now the Navi has to step up and be, and be his responsibility is now the Messiah. The Messiah of Maisha Kilar Messina, Sarli Yeshua, Yeshua Zakanim, Zakanim Lenavim. Right? And so says Rabbi Yaakov like this when that takes place, then not every single person that had prophecy is now going to be the Navi. So Rabbi Yaakov points out like this in, in Tanakh, you'll find that there are certain people that they are called Navi, and there are certain people that are called Ha Navi, the Navi. Yeshaya Hanavi, Shmuel Hanavi, Nasan Hanavi, and then you have people in Tanakh uh, uh, that are that are that are not given the title. They're called a Navi, but they're not called with the Hey Hayidia with Hanavi. What's the difference? Why some people are they called Hanavi and some people not? So it says Rabbi Yaakov like this: Maramukah number four. Nearly, it seems to me this is in in in, in Malachim, uh, Malachim Aleph Perchaf. Nearly, Shehanavi Imhei Hayidia. When we talk about in Navi when, in Tanakh, where a person is identified as not just being a Navi, he's identified as being Hanavi, who Navi Memuna Lechal Yisrael. That's the Navi that is given this general national stage task of being the one to pass the Messiah from generation to generation. When Anshik, again, Maisha to Yeshua, Yeshua is a Kanim, there's a Kanim, which Nevi'im? Not everyone that was a Navi was given this responsibility of being the Bali HaMessayra. There were individual Nevi'im that were given that task, and they, happened, they were Nevi'im. But not every Navi had that. Which Navi was it in any particular generation? Whoever is called by the, by the Pasuk as Ha-Navi, that was the person. So he says like this, when it says Hanavi, it means he's the Navi that was appointed for Klal Yisrael, this specific role, similar to the king. What the king was politically, the Navi now is Torah wise. But which Navi is it? Whoever it is, that's called Hanavi. That's what these people are. They were not just uh, Royim anymore, they were the Navi for Klal Yisrael. The Kasher Hamelech Hayenitzrach Ledvar Hashem, and says that Rabbi Yaakov makes an interesting point. Whenever the Melech needed to make a political decision, so very often he needed to consult with the Navi to figure out, like, is this also Ratzon Hashem? Like, I understand that my role is political leadership and taxes and military and all that stuff, and your role is Paskin Shilas and just general Hanhaga and what Klal Yisrael needs Chizik in and Tyra. 
but uh, we have to communicate with each other. Yeah. Yeah, you would go to any navi. You would go to any navi. I don't know if, as an individual citizen, you would probably uh, there would probably be a very long waiting list to Shmuel Hanavi. But you would have your personal uh, navi of the town or navi of the city that he was your personal manhig. Yeah, yeah, that's how it was. That's how it was. That's how it was. It happens to be your rebbe can see through you. You know, it happens to be that your rebbe can see through you because he's a navi. You know what I'm saying? So. The was a singular, there was a one shaykh. It was not a one shaykh. No. Shaykh to other generations, but right. every generation had one shaykh. That was it. Exactly, exactly. The kashar melech When the melech needed to know what the Rabbanish wants of me, is this Indian in political, uh, in the political sphere that I'm engaging in, is this also Ratzin Hashem? He would go to the Novi, to, to Hanavi. And now it says an interesting thing, says Rabbi Yaakov. Based on this, we could appreciate more a, a, a famous Gemara. The Gemara says in Brachas that there was a machloikis between Yeshai Hanavi and Chizkiyo HaMelech. The Gemara says that Chizkiyo HaMelech, uh, uh, there was an issue that needed to be taken care of, and Chizkiyo needed a message. And uh, the question was, who should go to who? So Yeshai Hanavi said, I'm the Navi, the Melech should come to me. And Chizkiyo says, I'm the Melech, the Navi should go to me. And the, their punishment way of working it out. What's this machlekes? So, so, so okay, it's a machlekes, covered. So says, so, so, no, this was a fundamental shayla. Yeshaya was not just a navi. He was ha-navi. Which means that Yeshaya navi is the seat of Torah leadership. Chizkiyo ha-melech is the seat of political leadership. The shayla is, we both are necessary, and we both, we both have to discuss things with each other, for sure, checks and balances. But who be'etzim is more chashif? And that was the question over here. Yeshaya Navi says, the Navi is, is, is the primary force. Chizkiyo HaMelech says, no, 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 the, 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 the Melech is the primary force. Which one is, which one is superior? We'll see about this soon in a, in a few minutes about Pneumius. Huh? Ah, oh, so we'll see about this. Okay, so, you, so it's good. So he says like this. So, Regarding this new position that we've now discovered, which is called Hanavi, Mevi'a Gemara, the Gemara in Brachis brings down, as Machlaik is between Yeshaya and Navi, Machlaik is between Yeshaya and Chizkia. Should the king go to the Navi? Or should the Navi go to the king? Because what Navi we're talking about? We're not talking about Stam, a, 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 a rebel in some shtet. We're talking about Hanavi. Hanavi. Hanavi has the The Navi carries a, a position which is, in truth, the, the older position. In other words, by the times of, like I said, from the, from the very beginning of leadership with Moshe, Yeshua, and to the Shaiftim, the primary position was that of Tyra and Luumius national uh, identity and, 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 and politics was subsumed in that. All of a sudden, by the times of the Melech, now it's split. But Yeshai Navi says, but I'm the oldest one, I'm the Bukhar. In other words, my, my position of Torah, until now, by the, the earlier generations, you were a part of me. You were a subpart. You were a, a, you know, a, a footnote in, in my union. Now all of a sudden, you, the Melech, the political leader, political position, has now been separated. Over the Maisa, I'm still, I'm still the, the Iker. Chizkiyo HaMelech says not like that. Adraba, it's taka true that you are the Bukhar, that the earlier generations, the primary, if you had to, to, to identify the role of the Shaifit and so on, what was his primary position? It was that of Tyra. And, and the position of political leadership was, was subsumed in that, 
But now that it has emerged as a separate force in the Melech, it's, it's the Iker. So that was the Machlekes between, between them back and forth. We'll see about that soon. What the Chain. Oh, so that's a good, we're going to see about that. That's, that's where we have to get into the Pneumus. Yaakov doesn't, doesn't talk about that, but that's where we're going to see. Now, the truth is, the truth is, we feel a little bit of this tug and war in that story. When, when, when the Jewish people come to, this is the funny thing. We, we, we do have the, the, one of the mitzvahs in Torah is to appoint a king. So this idea of the political side of leadership sort of emerging out of the shadows and taking it and standing on its own two feet as a melech, and then Torah leadership being forced into one individual person called a Navi, the Torah evidently wants this, because that's one of the mitzvahs is to establish a king. So, but, but yet, what's interesting is, is that the time when we ask for a king, Shmuel Hanavi is like, you know, upset about it, and Hashem says, you know, it, it, was, it was a little bit like, uh, it, it, it's a, the Rishonim deal with this, like, was it, were they supposed to ask for a king? Not supposed to ask the Pasuk, it's one of the mitzvahs. But this is, we're going to have to see, in the Pneumis, we're going to have to see the, this struggle of like, is this Lechadchila, not Lechadchila, who's Taka greater, the Navi or the Melech? Like, who's greater? So who appoints the Navi? So, so that's a good question. I mean, that, that the Ramah talks about this. How do you know, how do you know who's... Uh, to, to verify someone as a legitimate prophet, that we have systems in place. Right. Han Navi, that's going to that's gonna take uh, Kalei Yisrael's collective. collective understanding, for sure. So now he makes another point. V'chein, another halacha that, that could become clear based on this. So we're going to have to see. We're going to have to see. That, that we're going to have to see. Uh, we'll see. The halacha is that to establish a king, you need a navi to, uh, to give his stamp of approval on establishing a melech. So when, that's a halacha in the Rambam. It's a halacha in Gemara. It's recorded in the Rambam. So when you read that, that halacha, I've always read it. It's okay. You just need a navi. How many, which navi? I don't know. There's a lot of navi in Baruch Hashem by Klai at that time. So just get a navi to concede on the decision that this, uh, the Sanhedrin are the ones also pointing the melech. So it's not like out of nowhere. So they just need a navi. So get a navi to be there. Says Rabbi Yaakov, no, no, it's not just stam a navi. If you're talking about establishing a melech and you need a navi, what the halacha means is not just stam. You need ha navi, the navi of the generation. The navi of the of the people. Kenasan ha navi like nasan shemina shleim ha melech who appointed shleima or kushmul ha navi shemina as shol v'david like shmul ha navi that did shol that anointed shol and david and so on. Now what's interesting is is that again Viter based on this in Maramukah number five Rabbi Yaakov makes another observation which is very very interesting. We we find this by we find this clearly and openly by David and Melech for sure. It's very very clear and shol as well that. But, but Rabbi Yaakov makes a, makes a point that this is probably true throughout all the generations of kings, which is that the, this person, that's the Navi Ha'uma, the Ha'navi, also was sort of the, the private Navi for the Melech himself. Hmm. That the Navi, it, 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 they, there was a, a, a unique relationship between the Melech and Ha'navi. They weren't just you know, figures that had to deal with each other and consult with each other at some time. Like, they, there was an intimate bond between them. So he says like this, right, that's what you find, like, by David and Melech, throughout, throughout Navi, you find these many, many stories like this, is where, uh, you, you, you couldn't, listen, if David and Melech was, if a, if a king was doing something wrong, then you, you can't just go and give Musa to the king. It, it, it doesn't work like that. But the personal mechiach, the personal... Rebbe and Manhig of the king, even on a personal level, was a Navi. Every, every Melech had his Navi who would be his 
Balmoser, who would be his, his, his mashkiach, like, you know, uh, making sure that he's on the straight and narrow. And so says Rabbi Yaakov, he's going to make this point, is that this was also not just Amunavi, it was, it was Hanavi. The, the Hanavi, not only was he now in charge of Torah, of giving over, passing over the Messiah, he was also the private uh, machanech and the private manig, a mashkiach, a mashpia on the melech. That's what he was. So he says, Kol melech Every melech had the responsibility of taking Eitzah in his inyanim, in his inyanim, im navi miyuchad, with, with a particular navi. Shalah hayinavi ha'umah, who was the hanavi of the generation. Heim ha'yubale ha'kabal, again, he repeats over this idea that these, this, this hanavi was primarily his job on a national stage, was transmitting the Messiah. But, but on a private level, he was also the personal mashpia and personal mashkiach of the, of the melech. So it's like a very, a very interesting role, where again, on the one hand, it, it's this very interesting tug of war, because on the one hand, the melech is now his own position of political leadership, but there is this, and not only does he have to consult every once in a while with the Navi to make sure that everyone's on the same page, but the, 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 the Navi was his personal mashkiach. So it's like a, a very interesting thing. And yet, despite the, 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 that, the Melech, like Chizkiyo HaMelech, said, the Navi has to come to me. So it's a very interesting role where it's like you would think, Rabbi Talmud or Mashkiach, you know, and uh, Bacher, whatever, you know, he's be, you know whether, whether the Melech comes uh, on, on, on time to Shachris, the, you know, the Navi would mon him. Like, the, the, that's, that's the Navi. So, but, but Mitzad Sheni, he's the Melech, you know? And, and, and even when and we find this in Nevi'im, in, 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 in Sefer Shmuel and Malachim, that when the Navi would give Moser to the Melech, it had to be Bakavadik. The Navi couldn't just come and stomp. Like there's a whole Maisa when David Melech makes the mistake on his level with Batsheva, so Nasan and Navi has to come and tell him, and tell him, give him Moser. <laughs> so what does Nasan do? Nasan Navi doesn't just stomp, say, Davi made a mistake, do Chuvatan. He doesn't, he doesn't do it. What, 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 what Nasan and Navi does is that he tells David Melech a whole Maisa. That there was a farmer who only had one little shepsula, a whole thing, and and he asked David, David Amelach, what should we do with this? With the you know a certain mice that happened, someone did something not nice to a poor farmer. What should we do to the person that that ba'avol that did something not nice to the farmer? So David said he did something not nice. He should be punished. So Nazanavi says, you were that person. So you see, it's, it, it it wasn't direct, it wasn't harsh, but it was like bringing David along. It was bringing David along to, for him to discover it on his own. And that, again, this is part of the balancing act that the Navi had to do. He's the Navi, so he's the Meshpia. He's, he has to do what his role is for the king, but it's also the king. Not as far as, like, I'm afraid of getting punished by the king, but it's a covered Malchus. So, there, again, this is where we're feeling this tension between, like, who's greater? Who's, pow- who's more powerful? What's the ideal position? What's the way it's supposed to be? So the, so the, so the Navi enhanced the, the, the Malchus, but on a personal level. Right. So they would have a personal relationship, but the relationship was more mashpia. It was more mashpia and ma- mashkiach. Yeah, yeah. I mean, obviously, you know, the, uh, the the navi was probably was probably supported by the by the melech. I would imagine the was probably taken care of like that. But uh, but in terms of in terms of hashpa, um, it was it was that way. It was that way. So he says like this. Um, so so Rabbi Yaakov gives an example of this that you find in, in navi. It says like this, it's, it's nice over there that David Melech had this idea of building a base of Megdash. So what does he do? He doesn't just build a base of Megdash. He goes to Nasanavi in a Sharleitza. He asks Nasanavi, is this a good idea to build a base of Megdash? And what's interesting is, is that Vayarmer Nasan El HaMelech, Nasan Hanavi tells, it doesn't say Nasan Hanavi. Now, 
because this wasn't a nevuah. Nasan, as far as the, the mashkiach and the, and the personal mashpia of Davra Melech, tells the Melech, it's not a good idea, whatever you want to do, do, it's a good idea, you should build a base in Megdash. The Achikach, then the Pasuk goes on, that that night, the Rabbanu Shalom brings a message of Nevuah to Nasan and says, it should not be by David, it's going to be by his son, Shalim HaMelech. So the next morning, the Achikach, it says, that Hashem says to Nasan, it's not a good idea, it should not be David, it should be Shalim And then Nasan, then the Pasuk says, that Nasan Hanavi comes to Shalim, David HaMelech, and says, it should not be by you, it should be by your son, Shalim and so, what you see, you see is an amazing thing. In other words, what you see is that it was a it was a Zach, that if David has an idea, he goes to Nasan and he's asking Nasan what the what the right thing is. And Nasan doesn't say, "Let me list, let me wait until I get a nevu about it." Nasan was comfortable ans- answering the question as the personal rebbe and the personal mashkiach and mashpia of David Melch. Happens to be in this particular case, he got it wrong. So the Rebbe had to step in and tell him, you know, it's not a good idea. But, but you see that the, the back and forth was like a standard, probably a standard thing. Dabra had a personal Indian he's going through, so he went to his, uh, his mashpi and to, to, to talk about it. So he says, Afterwards, then, then you needed uh, the Rebbe to step in to make sure everyone's getting the right thing. Again, this is the idea that even after a person's a king, still subservient and tachas the, you know, underneath the, the, the authority of Torah. This is what we have. So it's a, an interesting thing. Again, and going back to what I said before, this split between, again, what was until now under the general position of Shaifet is now divided between Melech and Novi. So after Malchus ends, it goes back together under the Nasi, slash Reish Gulusa. That's what we spoke about last week, is that this position of, uh, so it's like, it starts off as Maisha, Tyra, 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 and Nichlon and that is uh, political leadership. Then those two sides split from each other during the times of Malchus. But then when Malchus ends, it returns back to what it was initially, which is a Torah leadership. Subsumed within that is political power, and that was what the Nasi was. The Nasi, or the Reish Kulusa, they were, they were the G'dayli Hadar. They were the Torah leadership. And Nichlal in that was political authority, similar to what was before there was a time of kings. So, but the Tukuf of Malchus is where these two positions split from each other, and there's this like tug of war between the two of them, who's greater, who's not greater, each one needs the other. Okay, so now let's understand in Pneumius. Huh? You're right, there's no Nevu anymore, but at least the, the Torah leadership and political leadership re, re, uh, you know, re, re, reunite under the position of Nasi. And again, just like it was pre-Malchus, the main position is that of Torah, and political power is Nechlal in that, it's subsumed in that. <coughs> okay, so let's understand the premise of what's going on here. This Indian, was this, and this is really what we're all struggling with. During this time of Malchus, where these two positions split and go to different people, is that a Yerida? Is that a good thing? Is that a bad thing? I mean, Klai used to struggle with this. The Pasuk says that there's a myth of making a Melech, which means it's, it sounds like this is the plan. But it doesn't, like to us, we would say, like, this is not a good plan. Wouldn't, wouldn't it be better like uh, hashkafically, if the political leadership of Klal Yisrael would be under the same banner of Torah, <coughs> like well, and that's really what Shmuel and Avi says to Jewish people: like, what's wrong until, like, what's been, what's what's so bad until you had Moshe, you had Shua, you had Shaiftim, and it was all Tyra, and everything was Das Tyra, and Nichlul and that was also the political Inyanim, but it was the, uh, it was under the it was in the base Medrash. 
So what? What's so? What? Why? Why? What, so why divide it up? Maybe is that is that because you read this? Is it because we're not holding by such a madrag anymore? Lachar it can't be right if you think about it because after Malchus ends, which is even further generations, it goes back uh, together to the times of the Shaftim. So if the reason why it has to be divided is because we're not holding by such a madrega, well, we got better after the Beisinish was destroyed. So, so what's going on over here? Okay, so it's like this. This tug of war boils down to a primary question and a fundamental question, which kind of always remains somewhat unresolved, which is, what is greater? What is higher? What, who has a higher root? Tyra or Klaistro? Because that's really what this question is. This, this posi- when, when, when the, w- these two positions, Tyra and political, is really, it's Tyra and Klai Yisrael. That's what it is. Klai Yisrael as a people. So when we're talking about earlier generations, Moshe, Yeshua, Shaiftim, where the, it was Tyra, leadership was Tyra, and Klai Yisrael and Yonim were just a part of that. What was shining, a truth that was shining during those times was what? is that Tyre is the most important thing. The Rabbanishim loves Tyre more than he loves Yidin. Because, and, and, that, and that filters all the way down into this world, in what, in what sense? Is that the leadership is Tyre, and Claudius Yisrael is a part of that. All of a sudden, what emerges by the times of Malchus is maybe to a certain degree a deeper truth, which is, is that Claudius Yisrael is not just a people that Hashem needs in order to carry out the Tyre, and it's all Tyre. All of a sudden, what emerges by the times of kings is that Kla Yisrael have a Shirish. We have an independent root by the Rabbani Shalom, and not just people that are needed to carry out Torah. In other words, th- this is the question. Is, there a Shalom, is, is it all really Torah, and just there, there needs to be a people? Like, it's, it's really all about like the, the, mitzv- the mitzvah of Shabbos. Just, you need people on planet Earth to facilitate the mitzvah of Shabbos being fulfilled. Or is it no? Or is it, no, 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 there's such a thing as Yidin. And the Rabbani Shloylam starts off with there's such thing as Yidin. And the Rabbani Shloylam then has Torah to give to Yidin. Which one is it? This is the, 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 the in a certain sense, this is one of the deepest inyanim, the deepest secrets of, 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 of Torah Sabal Shem of Torah Sabal and ultimately what Geula is about. Because Geula fundamentally, it gives, uh, I'm giving Rashi Prakim over here, this is a, a very big sugya, but, but ultimately what Geula depends on is the Jewish people realizing that Kla Yisrael have a Shirish that maybe could even be higher than Tyra. And even though it's true that Tyra is the guiding light for Kla Yisrael, but in the very depths of our essence, Yisrael, Olav, Machshav, Tchila, the Jewish people, come before anything else. And even though, ironically, when all these, all, when all these realities come into the world, Torah ends up being the guiding light for the Jewish people. Lav Davka, that does not necessarily mean that in the highest root, Torah is, is, is higher than Klai Yisrael. And so this, this is what's emerging by the times of Malchus. It's not a Yerida, but what's emerging at the time of Malchus, what's re- being revealed at the time of Malchus is the independence of the Jewish people and the, 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 the place that we have in the, in, the, in the divine mind of the Rabbani Shalom, that we are not just secondary aspects and necessary components to make sure Torah flourishes. No, no, no. Maybe quite the opposite. You can make the argument that's the opposite. Maybe it's all about Yidin, and the Torah was created to, to give us direction in life, but it's about, it's about Yidin. It's about having Nishmas Yisrael. And this ultimately is the tug of war between Yeshaya Navi and Chizkiah HaMelech. Which one goes to who? Is that, that's a fundamental question. Is it, is it Torah... 
and Yidin are secondary, or is it Yidin and Torah is secondary? So you have Marmar coming in both ways. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So Taras of Alshemtiv, Taras of Alshemtiv is primarily about this. You know, if you compare again, this is a sugi by itself. We're not. I mean, it's it, it's the sugi, but it's you know, in, in like when you we're in the Kisviari. So in the Kisviari, really, the Kisviari is all about Torah. It's really all about how high and how far-reaching, and and how and and. And and uh, the 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 unbelievably high origins of the six thirteen, and every mitzvah that, that we have in this world is mamish coming from the highest place, and really that's what all of Kisari is really unpackaging and revealing to us. But there is always one question that remains. I mentioned this before. There's always one question remains after all of the Kisari, which is: so you're telling me Arizal that tefillin is mamish the highest thing in the universe, and it's it, it shakes up. The question is. But how do I have such a high reach? Like, what, so all of that is now you're saying that, and I put on tefillin, right? And when I put on tefillin, I'm causing all of that. So the reason I'm saying is when the end of tefillin starts at Mamish, the highest place in the universe. But you're telling me that that's activated by me down here putting on tefillin. How does that work? In Chesidus, we're taught that, that, that the, the very idea that we are the ones able to activate such high-reaching forces through the mitzvahs is indicative of the fact that the very root of Nishmas Yisrael comes higher than that. Only If you're higher than the buttons, then you can push the buttons. If you're lower than the buttons, how can you push the buttons? And so, you could, listen, you can make the argument that no, really, we're lower than the buttons, and the Rabbanishom is pushing the button, so to speak, but the Rabbanishom decided that he's going to push the buttons if he sees us putting on tefillin. But the Balshantah said that's, a, that's an underdeveloped picture of what Kalah Yisrael is. That's maybe what the Navi would want to believe. But what the Melech says is, no, 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 no. You are pushing the buttons. How are you pushing the buttons? You have to be higher than the buttons to push them. The answer is, Anachanami, you're higher than the buttons. You're telling me that Nishmas Yisrael is higher than Tyra? Said the Balshantah, yes. This is the, and, and, and you learn in, in Sivir Chassidus, especially in Chabad Chassidus and so on, this is a major, major sugya by the Mitla Rebbe a lot, Nishmas Yisrael being a higher root in its Shairish than, than Tyra. And this is where you have this funny dynamic that by the time those two realities called Tyra and Klai Yisrael come down already and materialize, Tyra is superior to us. Tyra is the guiding force in our lives. We have to submit to Tyra's will. But that, doesn't, but that picture of Torah being on top of us and guiding us is not necessarily the truth in terms of the very root of these realities. So there's, there's the relationship of Torah and Kalah Yisrael as it's materialized down here, but then there's a relationship between Torah and Kalah Yisrael in its highest root. And down here, Torah is, is, is you know, sort of uh, guiding the Jewish people, and the Jewish people have to be machnia, we have to submit ourselves to the rule of Tyra, but that doesn't necessarily mean that in the highest root, we're not the ones pushing the buttons. And so the highest root, Nishmas Yisrael, can be higher. And this is the tug of war between the Melech and the Navi. But the very idea of the Melech being his own authority and moving out of the shadows from the, from the Shaifet, from the, from the Tyra authority, is, is, a, is, the, is, is to a certain degree a, de- a deep revelation of Shairish Nishmas Yisrael. And the ultimate gula of Yemais the Mashiach, which is about the, the Malchus based David returning, like the Ramam, like I mentioned this many times, the Ramam describes Mashiach as the return of Malchus based David to its original glory. That's fundamentally what Malchus, 
what, what, what Malach HaMashiach is about. To a certain degree, the Indian of Malach HaMashiach and the Indian of, of Geula is this Giloi, that Nishmas Yisrael is higher than Tyre. And that, to a certain degree, again, without going into Arichas, this is also, Tyre also needs, to, this also completes Tyre. Because even Tyre gains from an understanding that Kla Yisrael are pushing the buttons. Otherwise, the whole system of Tyre becomes one of like, just reward and punishment. Oh, Hashem says, you do good things, I'll give you good things. As opposed to being a, a, a system which, which is holistic and makes sense. That, 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 that it's not just uh, we do fill down here and Hashem does the, push the buttons above. We are pushing the buttons. There's a, there's a holistic system to Yiddishkeit. And that's what, uh, that's what Gula is about. Let's just finish up, yeah? The Yeshamiti, exactly. That, that, that's the dynamic that we're talking about of here. But again, because the, the Shirish, of, because the relationship between Tar and Klai Yisrael in its Shirish is different than how it manifests itself down here, that's why it creates this, this tug of war. So on the one hand, the Melech says to the Navi, you come to me, but yet the Navi is the personal mashpi of the Melech. So it's like, but again, that, that's where it's coming from. Take a look at Maramukh number six. We'll go through it quickly. There's a, a piece from Tanad Velyo. It's a Medrash, Tanad Velyo Rava. Perak Yudalit. So I mentioned this before. V'amrali Yo. So Yonavi says the following Maisa in Tanad Velyo. He says, a person once approached me. He says, Rabbi, there are two things in the world, and I love them with all my heart. What are the two things that I love, says the person Telyonavi? But what, which one should I love more? That's the question. Which one should I love? Should I love Torah more, or should I love Yidin more? That was the question that was presented to Elyonavi. So Elyonavi says, I told him like this, Bini, my son. This is an amazing thing. Darkan Adam Oimrim. If you ask people, the way of the world is, Torah comes first. That's what people will tell you. And they'll quote a pasuk. If you're asking me, I'm telling you, Yisrael Kadmai. That Yisrael comes first. So it's an amazing thing, because the person asked Elyonavi, obviously he's asking for Elyonavi's opinion. Why does Elinovi has to give, give a haktama? If you ask other people, they'll tell you this. You ask me, I'll tell you that. Well, I'm, not, I'm asking you. I'm not asking other people. You? So it says for something like this. Maramukha number seven, Sidka Satsadik, in Kuf Tzadivov, in Sidka Satsadik. It's a similar Indian. It's a similar Indian. Derecheretz means to be a man, to be a person. Be part of it. Right? right? So it says for something like this. They're, the, both are true. But one is the sh- it, 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 what it is in its ideal shirish state, and one is sort of how it materializes down here. As far as people are concerned, in other words, when Eliyahu is saying that if you ask other people, they'll tell you Tyra, that means in this world, and it's the, way, the way these two realities of Tyra and Kalias will materialize down here, what comes first? Tyra. Tyra is the, is the guiding light, and then the Navi is the Mashbi on the Melech. And even says Tzadik, in a person in a person's personal progression in the Bayis Hashem, that's the path that you have to pick first. First, you have to love Torah more than you love love Yidin. You have to see Torah as the as the primary force. First, that's the first love that you have to bring into your heart. The Now you find this with Klal history. Man Right. First, we had our Sina, which is Torah, and then we got Eretz Yisrael, which is Avos Yisrael. So first Torah, and then Yid, 
right? And that's the process that we have to go through on a personal level. The chayin ha'azivah kaseh seder. And the same thing is, God forbid, with Golas. First we abandoned Tyra, right? That was the first base of Megdash. And then we abandoned Avas Yisrael. That was the second base of Megdash. So you see both in terms of building ourselves to a high, to, in terms of growing in Madragas, and God forbid when things deteriorate, it's always in that model. First Tyra, and then Yidin. And that's the way it has to be down here, or in a person's personal avoidant progression. But when it comes to the Rabbanu Shalom, from the highest position, from the highest uh, perspective, the highest thing, the most original thing, is Klal Yisrael. And Torah is contained within Klal Yisrael. And all of Torah is created to create a, to, to unpackage Nishmas Yisrael. In Klal Yisrael, the Torah is hidden. And the Torah is a commentary to Nishmas Yisrael. That's how it is in the highest source. And that's what you'll know, be saying to, to this person. If you ask everyone, they'll tell you Torah, and then call yourself, you're asking me. And Elyonavi is the site of Gula, right? It's, love, it's, it's, it's redemption. It's Mashiach, Elyonavi. So he says that if you're asking me, it's Kalyasol then Tyra. The Chayn Mishagil Shlemus, and when a person reaches the top of the mountain, so in order to get to the top, you have to go from Tyra then to Avas Yisrael. But once you get to the destination, you realize that Avas Yisrael kedemes, that Avas Yisrael is the most important thing, Sheme Iker, that Kha Yisrael is the Iker, and the root of Torah itself. And then Torah comes, to give explanation, to give context to the depth, to give depth and context to what it is, what is a Yid. But that's what Tyra is. And this is, again, this is the tug of war, the union between a Melech and a Navi. And that's why, again, going back, that's why it's this funny thing. There is, the, the Torah says there's a mitzvah to appoint a Melech. But yet when it came time to do it, there was this like, you know, this inner struggle, Yisrael, should we do it, should we not? Is it the right thing? Because this is what we're dealing with. Like, again, Darkan Shalbanei Adam, the way of this world is, Tyra, and then Yisrael, which means that a Melech is inappropriate to have. But in the Shirish Hadavar, it's Kla Yisrael and then Tyra, which means that the Melch is the ideal state to be in. So this is, uh, this is what we deal with. Listen, at the end of the day, you have to be, uh, we should have very much, the Mashiach should come, and, and all this truth should be manifest in full. We should be Zechat Hav Melch, and Hanavi, and Tyra, and Kla Yisrael, Kla Yisrael, and Tyra. We should be able to uh, have Shalom between us, and be Zechat to experience that. And I'm Niglim, Vyas Gal Tzedek, Meir Amen.